Robert F. Kennedy tweeted this out. He said, I just saw this video by Border Hawks News. The crisis at the border is unsustainable, he says. Our communities are slashing education funding to accommodate illegal migrants. We've seen a record number of gotaways since Biden took office. Uh, I, I, would, I would say you have to close the border. Uh, that would be the first thing you do. You have to, if you, you know, I think it, I think Trump actually said, if you if you can't control your border, you don't have a country. I mean, right. imagine imagine if that was the border between Palestine and Israel. <laughs> Did you think they would fucking stand for that? Welcome to What's Left, a weekly political discussion challenging the mainstream left. Uh, I'm Eduardo Barca with co-host, uh, teacher in socialist Sandra Lipson, and uh, socialist Kenny Zapeda. We're online at whatsleftpodcast.com. You can find that link to our site in the blog uh, or in the episode notes. Excuse me. You can also find our personal social media handle as for mine, at Don Eduardo Barca on Instagram. And please subscribe, rate, review, turn on your notifications, uh, and share your favorite episode wherever you found this episode. Thank you. All right, um, so we're back. Us again. Uh, we've been dis- have ongoing discussions about, and that is on open borders. But in response to some of the people that I think we've thought of, maybe within our circle, maybe you two more than, more so than me, because uh, I know both of you listen to Jimmy Dore, and so we'll be doing a kind of a response to um, his uh, recent uh, um, uh, episode. Uh, titled Liberals Have No Answer for Border Crisis, where he is critical of open borders policies or open borders in general. And so that's what we'll be doing. Um, Kenny or Andy, do you have anything more to add? Yeah. um, Let's see. First, um, yeah, I I told you I was going to bring this up. Uh, When I I talked to Brandy uh, about what we're going to be talking about, responding to a Jimmy Dore episode where where he talks about the so-called open border policies of liberals um, and complains about that and draws the conclusion that we actually have to defend the border and protect the border and put some kind of wall up. Um, uh, she was like, are you guys going to talk about this again? <laughs> you know? And I realized that, that yeah, we are going to talk about it. And it made me think about um, Alison McDowell. I know that, you know, she had really wanted us to, to get, more involved in the web three discussions and, and to do the deep dive research in um, uh, like the, what's going on digitally and, and, and in tech and, and things like that. And and more than that, you know, she's, she's just going on into, into some really interesting areas. Um, but, you know, I am interested in that, but I'm more interested in being educated about that than, than pursuing that stuff myself in, in many ways. Um, although ed tech, I think is important. Um, but this question of borders and open borders and, and the idea of how do we respond to workers or workers from other countries in terms of what, what we do when they come into our country or leave a country, uh, I just feel is, is critical for, for those of us who want a different world to get right. Um, and if we don't get it right, then we are going to be ultimately divided. Um, as workers internationally, and if we, and if that happens, then I think we have no we have no hope for revolution in my in my opinion. Um, and so, 
I do feel like for me, this is an issue I'm very passionate about um, because I do see the people who I've been organizing with and people fighting for freedom really, in my opinion, getting this question wrong. I don't judge them for it. I don't say, oh, you're dumb. They're not dumb. These people educated me about a lot of things. But I think they're wrong on this question. And I think I think it's important that we not be wrong on it because it's, it gets down to fundamentally which side are you going to be on? Are you going to be on the side of other workers across the border or are you going to side with your own state? Um, and if we do that, we're lost. Um, so this is an issue I think I want to talk about every time it comes up for me. And when I saw a person who I, who I respect um, in terms of what he's put out there and how he's changed, Jimmy Dore and some of his guests, um, he's had some good guests. And even the, the guests he had on this particular episode from Due Dissidents, I think, are, are pretty good. Like they are, They've come to the right conclusions, I think, about at least in opposing COVID measures um, and, un, and are opposed to the war in Ukraine, didn't fall for that didn't fall for Russia gate. So these are people who I've aligned with and and I think all of them historically have come from the left. And yet I find that myself really diverging from them on the positions or the conclusions they're drawing even though some of the things they say I would actually agree with, I just feel like they're drawing completely wrong conclusions. So for me this is really important to go through and I and when when I saw that Jimmy Dore was doing an episode where I really disagreed with it I thought it might be good for us to talk about it and see what you all made of some of the things that were said by him and the two people from Due Dissidents. I don't want to not get their names because they deserve to be known. Let me let me get this right. Hold on. Yeah, um, the two people from Due Dissidents are Keaton Weiss and Russell Dabular. I think his last name is pronounced. Um, so those will be some people that we're going to show some clips. I think you might see them, and those are the people who are who are put this episode together. I guess I wanted to add, you know, that uh, this question, right, of immigration, uh, at least in the time that I've been politically conscious, uh, comes up again and again, you know, and is for me, it's not an accident that we're talking about it right now, a year to go to the elections. And, um, you know, immigration doesn't stop, uh, woes don't stop people, you know, we'll talk about it. And, but I do think it's important to, to have these conversations uh, because I, I do think that there is a failure of articulating, um, you know, uh, why we have to be about open borders, it, not in a moralizing way, right? Which is often what is the the leftist position. And in, 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 in saying the left is also a very broad stroke, right? Like now, not especially now, um, you know, just by, these people who you just mentioned, right? Like, uh, I don't know where they would fall, but um, because in some ways uh, they are sounding more as, as a, you know, what we are typically considered right-wing in some of the conclusions, even though, and so that's why it is confusing listening to this conversation that, you know, their analysis in some ways are spot on that I agree with, but again, then, but then we revert to calling for the apparatus of the state that we're, we, we find suspicious that we, you know, we want to, we need to fight, right? And, and, and that is an instrument of, you know, and they say it themselves. So, but I do think that that's why I want to be part of this conversation to try to kind of sort that out because, you know, I want to make it clear. I don't think they're, you know, bad people. I don't think they're stupid. 
You know, I, I think they have opinions that are, you know, in the, in, we need to be in, in conversation and be honest and genuine about, you know, our opinions and, and without canceling each other out, right? Because they do bring that up in, in the conversation. I think that's important. And, but at the same time, it's like, I, I agree with you, Lipson, that we have to understand this, you know, beyond like maybe like mainstream positions. We talked about, you know, Right, like religion or Marxism, I've been critical of the religions of liberalism and, and just repeating certain things without fully understanding the issue and, you know, and seeing that in some ways, you know, the right wing, you know, quote unquote right wing in this binary, you know, they have reasons why they, they're saying certain things, you know, it's just that it all gets manipulated. And I think that's what's happened to these people that we're going to talk about that, you know, we think we have an understanding, but the conclusion shows that at, the, at best we control opposition. I just want to just quickly add that there's so many angles to look at this. We've ex we've explored different angles. There's an economic issue. There's a humanitarian. There's a love, personal issue around it. There are so many angles to look around it, and uh, and I think we can may maybe we will discuss a more stronger economic angle here. I'm not sure. Maybe both of you will, but. I know that Jimmy Dore, in listening to the episode, thank you both for sharing. And I know both of you watch this uh, consistently. I'm not as constantly as tuned to his episodes and on his channel and or podcast, but um, but I I looked at it immediately. I thought, oh, my goodness, you know, the things he is saying to me is outrageous about certain things, and I don't really think that Biden has open border policies. But we'll go into that further. So. Uh, so let's respond to it. Let, let's let's have a response. People who listen to what's left listen to Jimmy Dore as well. So I think there's a this this is a, a, a interesting topic for our audience as well because it's something that where do they fall? You know, we've seen a split after uh, after the lockdowns. Um, so we'll see where it takes us. And I would say we're gonna show clips we've each picked some clips that we thought might be a good respond to but people should watch the entire episode which i'll put the link to the entire episode because they actually cover a lot of different material um they cover a lot of different things um so it really would be worth listening to the whole thing and see what you make of it um because here we're just going to do our best to point out some of the things that we think where we might agree but then areas obviously where some of us disagree and and then it'll be curious to see where kenny and eduardo and i agree or disagree we'll see um, so Eduardo, you had an initial initial clip you want to see, right? Yeah, let's begin with the beginning. Um, so that's the United States government allowing this to happen. And believe me, they're only doing it for the best of intentions. I mean, there's no way on earth this would be happening. The United States government would just be letting this happen to destabilize our economy and add to a prevailing sense that we need more authority to clamp down on all of us. There's no way. Uh, if that's what you think, then you've got to stop going to your news. You, you've got to stop getting your news from me. You got to stop going to your big news networks. Here's a little. Here's a little bit more of it, by the way. This huge caravan of around 300 migrants crossed into Eagle Pass thanks to Border Patrol agents lifting the barbed that. wire. They that's that's really happening. So let me bring in the uh, the fellas. What what. What do you make of this? Oh, it, it seems like at the same time that Joe Biden is trying to finish, uh, it seems like he's kind of uh, superficially trying to finish Trump's border wall. At the same time, there's obviously an open border policy. 
right? What what do you make of this? Okay. Well, so my response to that is, um, <laughs> so Jimmy Dore is talking about an actual physical wall, right? He's talking about Trump's physical wall. And that's that's laughable, right? Like nothing's going to prevent anybody from trying to cross over. I think both Democrats and Republicans have strengthened the border over time. If you look at what some of the recent episodes we've discussed on how even recent changes have been made to the border with geofencing, there's a lot of technology at the border, uh, some of the most high-tech technology, as well as a lot of, I, I mentioned in the other episode, which we'll link, I, I, which we talked about, how much there is um, scanning and fingerprinting and documenting and recording of people to monitor their movements in the US in, in the USA, right? Um, and it's a very dangerous track. Because it's not like you need a physical border. There's a lot of deterrence already. Even US, the USA using other countries, such as my country in Mexico, and even using countries now in Panama and other closing options for people to migrate up north. So it's it's be, it's it's not just a physical border that's going to it's not just this is not what it's going to prevent people. There's a lot of prevention already, and there's a lot of um, high, uh, just just high high tech that's already there uh, to prevent people. Uh, I'm not entirely convinced myself um, that Biden is interested in having an influx of people enter the country with open borders. And I, maybe I should pause with even the way that we define open borders, right? I think people ha we have discussed with may have a different concept of what open borders is. Open borders to some people might seem like policies making it easier for people to migrate over to another country. So they still, some people that might consider themselves to be open border uh, folk um, might just uh, agree with still scanning people and uh, having them essentially have passports to be legally in the country. Uh, I think the three of us, as we've discussed open borders, because I remember the conversations we've had on what's left, are very clear that none of that is necessary. Even for us U.S. American citizens, a driver's license shouldn't be necessary, for example. A passport shouldn't be necessary for us, right? We shouldn't have any restriction of movement. Or as I see it here in Colombia, where if you don't have a permit, as a Venezuelan to be here in this country, uh, such as my roommate who doesn't have a, a who has a permit now, uh, but didn't for the first year being here, the first two years, I think it was, uh, you couldn't get a job, you couldn't even get on the bus, you couldn't have any, like there's not a lot of ways that you can move yourself around. You can live in the country, but essentially you're being forced to live in a way that is um, very low economically uh, in a in your home like might just be one room where you're exploited right mm -hmm. and for us who are in the USA like these are the, there's uh, even I think uh, our driver's license are getting more improved now there's now becoming I think there was um, a scanning of our faces now I thought a DMV is something that they're doing now where they're trying to amp up the way that we move about and to make technology easier for data to be uh, uh, recorded so that's not what we're discussing here on what's left. If if I'm if I'm if there's a thumbs up here, right? What we're discussing what's on what's left as open borders are do away with papers, whether you are American, whether you are Venezuelan, whether you're Mexican, whether you're Guatemalan, whether you are Central American, whether you are South American, whether you're Muslim, whether you are wherever you're from, there shouldn't be any way to to follow people and essentially 
vigilante policies that are just trying to keep people in line. And so uh, when I hear Jimmy Dore discuss uh, open border policy, or he is saying that Biden is for open borders, I think that's a blanket statement. A lot of um, Republicans, conservatives say this. I'm not saying Democrats don't. But I'll get to that. But it's just like saying that Biden is op for open borders. I don't. I don't agree. So I'm not convinced we're on the same page about this. It's not. It's not like that's not how I think of it as open borders. So I don't see any. I see both Democrats and Republicans doing a lot more. And I can mention a few examples. Just yesterday, I was listening to the news that there's new changes with Ukraine. Uh, the debate on Ukraine, trying to get more money for Ukraine, um, and in. And, and, and in that, well, Democrats and Republicans have come to agreements where there are concessions where there's going to be $100 billion being trying to be sent over for support for Israel, for the Ukraine, and for, I think it was Taiwan, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. In exchange for what? In exchange for proposed mandatory detention for migrants who would be allowed to make a case for asylum. Anybody who is touching U.S. American soil, not that I agree with these policies, mm -hmm. but I'm just saying what how these things work. Anybody who touches U.S. American soil has a right to seek asylum. What happens after now is being proposed, there is now an expansion of detention centers where they're going to be kept in. That's what is now being discussed, where people are going to be kept in. Whereas my Venezuelan friends will touch U.S. American soil, they have the right to seek asylum, but then they would just be released into the U.S. American territory and then they would be called in for uh, their you, you, the, a court case in which they would figure out if they, they were uh, approved for asylum. Now, there are changes. You might not be released. You might just stay in those detention centers until you have your case being seen by a judge in court. Those are now those changes. Another thing, more deport deportations. Before, in the case of Venezuelans, because I'm very aware, since I'm here in Colombia, by the way, if no one knew this by now, uh, for Venezuelans, if you're going to, if, if you are, if you were deported, you were deported, you were, it was hard for them to be deported because Venezuela was not receiving them. Now Venezuela is receiving deportations because of negotiations with Venezuela. So now even Venezuelans are being deported back to the home country. So these are new changes that are happening. And it's fast-track deportation process that's currently limiting um, limited to the border region. Now, um, this is like not just the it we're, we've we're we're discussing that, but I want to discuss also just one bit. Like there are three hundred thirty billion dollars in the past twenty years on agencies that do border enforcement. There's a lot. I don't see that as open borders. I see that as both Democrat and Biden and Trump and even excuse me Obama. Obama I meant to say Obama. Trump and Biden policies, like even before that, like these are, we're talking about 20 years of $330 billion being um, um, allocated to the border uh, for border enforcement. And that's still even, I'll just say, it's not even preventing people from crossing. So uh, so when people when are criticizing Biden, I, I just don't think Biden nor Trump nor Republican nor Democrat are for open borders. So I think that that's why I'm saying I don't, this is not, I don't know what Jimmy Dore means by that. Now, there is a part where we'll see later on where there's a clip, or actually he says it in this one clip, where it's to destabilize the economy. And maybe any of you can discuss further on that. But I just wanted to mention that because even just yesterday in the news, there are changes right now because there are negotiations for, for more money to Ukraine, right? 
Um, and so I'm just seeing more of Title II, Title 42 pandemic policies that were supposed to be having ended in May continuing, where now you can be expelled and you don't have any reason. You just can expel them, which wasn't the case before the, before the lockdowns, before the pandemic. So um, I'll leave it there. I don't know if anyone if, if you want to make a um, statement or a, a comment to that clip. I, I I just wanted to add to some of the things that you mentioned, um, you know, like, you know, like being in the community in San Francisco around immigration, you know, this is literally what we did. We, we helped people who were seeking asylum, uh, you know, that were, you know, allowed into the country, quote unquote, right? Like physically, right? That's one thing, but there are, borders that follow these people right like you can be physically in this space but this is not different than the the, the vaccine passport thing that happened during covid because a lot of these people come into the country and they their cases took like year and a half to be heard <laughs> you know in in that period they're not allowed to work legally not all of them some people do some people get an exemption but very few do so most people have to find housing have to find uh you know a way to make a living a way to support themselves, you know, while not breaking the law, because if they get caught working, they get penalized, you know, and, 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 and their case is, is negatively impacted. And so, again, these borders don't go away. You know, people might might get allowed. And then that doesn't mean that their case will be accepted. They can be sent back home, you know, and, and uh, you know, I'm not going to say that everyone is being persecuted. A great number of people are, you know, suffering, you know, threats and stuff. A lot of people are also economic migrants, which, you know, seems to be uh, sometimes like separated for some reason. You know, like some people think that one person is worth more than the other, you know, to be allowed to move. Um, but again, just to make the point that a lot of these people do not, uh, the borders don't leave them, you know, <laughs> when they're waiting to be processed through the system. And, you know, and I think this is something important that we'll address later with other parts of, you know, this conversation. Uh, the other thing is that, you know, I think this is also in Jimmy's analysis, right, that the destabilization, you know, is, is this is where I begin to start having, you know, a pause because it's like, whoa, Jimmy, like you, you in the past, you, you, you've talked about how people have misplaced anger, misplaced, you know, um, responsibility of destabilizing the economy, like, you know, what are we talking about? Like, are we talking about the fucking, you know, masses of money that were printed during COVID? You know, uh, who is destabilizing this economy, really? You know, like, and I think we'll get more into it later. But, uh, you know, these are questions that I think are glossed over. Like you said, Eduardo, they're just like blanket statements, you know, that uh, really don't analyze this, the, the situation, you know, and, and misplace, uh, you know, and, and exaggerate an issue, right? Because they're, they're, but to begin with, this, this whole episode is about, uh, on Jimmy Dore, it's about an, an immigration quote-unquote crisis, right? And, and yes, there's people coming to the border, you know, I'm not denying that, you know, uh, the size of it and the, the, the crisis of it, I question that because this is not the first time, you know, like they also mentioned NAFTA in this in, in, in here, right? Later on, we'll get into it. But the point is there have been multiple waves of people that have come. And we cannot talk about this way without COVID. Without we cannot talk about this way with other shit, you know, that has been destabilized the countries, which they also address, but they I think they do it poorly. They connect the dots poorly. But 
that's what I want to say for now, you know, this part of the clip. Yeah. Um, Can I just I, mention I, one thing, just a fact? It's not, it's not long. It's just wanted to say, just a correction. I, I, I wanted to add that the $100 billion that are being proposed for funding for Israel and Taiwan and further militarization of the U.S. border. So it's that for as, as well. Sorry, I just wanted to add that because I mentioned it. Thank you. Okay. Um, well, so I, yeah, I, I do want to highlight what you first said, which is what an actual open, board, open border policy is. An open border policy, the one that I call myself an open border person, would mean no border. Like, in the same way, I've said this before, in the same way that I moved from San Francisco to Oakland, and got a job in San Francisco. I had a job in San Francisco. Then later I got a job in Oakland. I lived in San Francisco. Then I moved and I started living in Oakland. I didn't have to, I didn't need a passport to do that. I didn't need anybody's permission. No one checked me at the, at the, at the bridge that crosses that to make sure I'm, I, I'm allowed to do that in Oakland. That experience should be what workers across the world have as they move anywhere in the world, because I believe workers should be free. Um, and I believe that freedom for workers is essential to the notion of a revolutionary world, of a world that can be different and 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 that can break up the, the kind of world we we live in right now. And that and I do believe Jimmy Dore, I believe um, the people from Do Dissidents actually are would call themselves probably revolutionaries of some sort. Certainly, uh, Keaton Weiss mentioned capitalism and was anti-capitalist. Jimmy Dore has talked about being anti-capitalist. So if you are against capitalism. Then you have to be for I I do believe you have to be for the freedom of workers to move anywhere they want, and they'll ultimately organize with with each other. That's what that's the solution, rather than separate each other. And and they mention that they mention how these price policies are divisive, um, but I I personally believe they fall they fall in part for the divide. But it's not just open border because we need working class internationalism. It's also open border because any any border that's placed there, any restriction that's placed there is going to accrue and in favor of the state that controls us right now. And that's what we have right now. We, we, like you said, Eduardo, this is, there's no open border from the Democrats and Republicans. They have different ideas of how workers' movements will be controlled. Not that big of a difference, but slight differences. Um, and, and so anytime you call for putting up a wall or for even monitoring a border or for monitoring workers' movements, you are empowering the state, uh, the same state that I know Jimmy Dore says, I'm pretty sure he hates and, doesn't, and wants, to wants to dismantle. So his position is contradictory. You can't call for the building of a border because the building of a border is going to be monitored by a state. And it's going to be monitored by a state to attack workers on one end or the other. And, and this gets me to the, to the, dis the, the question of uh, dis destabilizing the economy. I'm not sure I would say it's destabilizing the economy, but I do think there's accuracy in this part, that I do think that the capitalist class in the United States has been, has been worried about the, what's happening to wage pressure from the, from the difficulties of finding workers. And in fact, they're also finding difficulties in putting people in their military. And I know that people who are, I have heard actually, that, that there is a program within the military to get more people the idea of getting your papers from joining the military, joining the U.S. military. So in the same way that the U.S. ruling class will use um, people who are from other countries, so-called illegal immigrants who haven't come here legally by some kind of process, 
And again, that legally means the state tells you where you can go. Um, th those people are going to be encouraged to either go to the military or, yeah, find a low wage job or find a job that right now capitalists are struggling to find to being able to pay U.S. workers a wage that they want to pay them, which is a lower wage. So I do think he's 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 right in saying the capitalists and then maybe he's even thinking the Democratic Party are using. I don't think it's the Democrats. I think the capitalist class uses the border is not there to keep workers out. The border in part is there to define who we have to, we are all penned in. Those citizens, we're all penned in here and are told, oh, this is our country. This is a country that does that's good for us, to build nationalism for us, to make us think that our state is our friend. That's number one. But it, it's basically a prison for us that we can get exploited within that prison. But it's, it's not quite a prison in this regard. That border is important to the capitalists because they actually want to control the flow of workers in any direction. So sometimes they're going to keep workers out. And under certain con economic conditions, they're going to keep workers out. And they're going to they're going to monitor that wall more tightly or not. Other times they're going to let them in. Ronald Reagan um, basically had a guest worker program and then gave amnesty to all those guest workers um, back in the 80s. I can't remember exactly what the reason was for, but it it. It, you, I'm, sh it, I'm sure it was for the needs of capital at the time in terms of laborers and things like that. So that that what he's misunderstanding is that this border wall was never meant to protect workers. It's meant to basically allow the capitalists to control the flow of workers. It's meant to keep us in prison, to keep us down, to make sure we are monitored one way or the other. And so anytime you say about building a wall, you're basically giving, you're handing over your freedom to the state that has no interest in preserving or protecting those freedoms. Um, so that's that's what I would say about that. He He's probably, there might be something to that destabilization thing, but that's the reason a border exists. It exists to allow capitalists to control the flow of workers either way. So to tell the capitalists then, oh, please build a wall, you're basically handing over your freedoms to, to them. And that, that nothing good will come of that. As he knows, I think. I, I think that if anything, you know, the influx of labor that might be, you know, that is allowed in, it actually stabilizes for the capitalist class, you know, the ability to exploit workers, you know, like yeah. I said, because if you read the Wall Street Journal, you know, they've been talking for months and maybe over a year about, you know, the strong labor market in that as a bad thing. You know, for, for for the capitalists, you know, and so um, and also I wanted to add that uh, the border as we know it today, you know, it, it hasn't existed. It, it really started taking shape in the nineties with NAFTA, you know, as economic liberalization took root in Mexico with Gortari, uh, uh, you know, uh, and you know, Mexico was created as the you know, uh, you know, globalist. Uh, the symbol of globalization, you know, and the future and the promise of capitalism as the Soviet Union collapsed. And so Clinton started taking, you know, making building walls and, and making it harder on people, as, as well as they attacked, you know, social services for, for people here in this country. You know, they, they went after, uh, you know, uh, like a, what do you call social security benefits, you know, for unemployed people. They actually started squeezing mothers you know, improve, uh, ask for mothers to go to work, you know, if they wanted any sort of benefits, 
and they started criminalizing people. So it, it, all this was worked in concert. You know, this is also when Biden was introducing those bills to criminalize people. And, you know, and, and that the world that we live today started taking more shape in that period, and they knew it, and they started building the walls. And, and today is just a continuation. You know, and, and what we're talking about today is, it, to me, is a you know, um, it, it's once again. It, this is coming up once again. This is not to me. It's not new. It is uh, has different stakes because we live in a more technological world, and I think the borders are going to take other shapes. But again, just to say that this is not new. Uh, this is not also old. You know, before the nineties, the the U.S. border was a revolving door. People could come and go, and people didn't want to stay here. You know, Mexican workers didn't want to. They would come here, work for a while, and then go home. You know, and, and but they, when they closed the borders, they, they basically said. Oh, you, you have to choose. You either you stay or you go, because otherwise you're gonna die on the on the crossing. Um, oh, Eduardo, you want a final comment? Then we'll I just want to add the fact that you know I'm I'm a child of parents that were granted amnesty. Both my parents are U.S. American citizens, and they had to. Uh, it was in 1986 where Reagan, as you mentioned, uh, gave amnesty to undocumented uh, immigrants. And, you know, it was, you had, it was very hard because if you did something, you had a record or something, because not all of my family members who applied were received it because of something they did when they were an adolescent or if they had a mark on their record or if they, uh, by anything that they did that was um, irredeemable. Um, you were not allowed to have amnesty, but about 3 million people were granted amnesty by Reagan, a conservative, and it was good for, as you said, it was good for the economy. At the same time, it wasn't as good for a lot of undocumented workers, because if you came after 1986, you were undocumented and and there were stricter sanctions yeah. on employers. So that's why, even as Kenny knows, because I've shared this with Kenny, and I even he knows just on his own experience um, with working with undocumented workers that if you try to apply for a job, you need to have permits. You need to have a social security number. You need to have all kinds of paper uh, legalities. Like you need to have a bunch of things. All of that came out of the amnesty as well, <laughs> because it was one thing, you know, to am give amnesty was another thing to like uh, crack down on, on employers. Now, it's not about employers. It's now it falls onto workers. You know, if you're not having the right paperwork, then you're not, then you're, you're going to be um, punished for it. Anyhow, that's all I want to add to that. And I guess a question I'll have, and maybe we can add something I just started thinking about. How does this connect to the 90s? You know, where, you know, they started clamping down because this is a preamble to a further and further clamping down in, 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 the, in a more intense war on workers on all sides. Because yeah. that is what the, when the job, the American jobs started leaving the country accelerated, right? Like, and this is a beef that, you know, quote unquote, right wings have, right wingers have, you know, and, and there is validity to that. It's just, again, where, where, who is really your enemy here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, I, I don't, yeah. I don't have an answer to that, but I believe you're probably right that there's, there's a, there's a continuation between the Reagan policies Reagan had in the eighties to what Clinton does in the nineties. Right. Um, but I don't know what that is. Um, Kenny, do you want to sh tell us what you think we should look at? Um, Can I mention one more thing? I'm so sorry. Can I mention one more thing? This whole idea of 
giving some workers legality to be in the country versus other workers. It's just like even I feel, you know, with my parents and then people coming after 1986, it's just it puts workers against workers. Yeah. I have seen some of my family members who have been given amnesty, criticized, um, uh, criticize undocumented immigrants because they, they didn't do it the right way or the legal way. I mean, that's the same thing with Cubans. Recently, they were taken off. They could be here. They could, I am saying here like I'm in the USA, but I'm in Colombia. But they could be in the USA for a year. Cubans can be in the, in the USA for a year and they're given residency. Uh, they're given some sort of legality to be in the country over other uh, immigrants like Mexicans, Venezuelans, and Guatemalans. You're not given that kind of right. So it just pits other workers against other workers where they should be given everyone should just have no um um no one should be undocumented everyone should just be working or doing as they please and continuing but this whole idea of some people get something or other people it's just uh, yeah so the next clip i have and i think it's gonna uh transition smoothly uh 6 to 8 so it's a little longer but so okay. 6.42846. And here in New York City, you may have heard they just announced budget cuts because they're sending immigrants here. And we have a shelter law that anyone who needs shelter must be provided shelter by law. So as they send these immigrants here, they can't be left on the street. So they're having to rent all of these hotel rooms. And the effect of this is that a lot of people who are veterans who need housing are not able to get these services because they're going to uh, migrants. Now, this is not in any way to say bad migrants, bad migrants. In the end, it's always the same story. It's the it's the owners in the capitalist class pitting desperate people against each other for scraps while they ride off with the money. Uh, but the left needs to find a position that is not anyone who's against this is a racist that is, that is not a position and frankly whether you you know sure it's politically convenient i consider sending the migrants to northern cities one of the most brilliant political trolls in history and i say that as a new yorker because sure people love to sit in these non-border cities these very blue non-border cities and say look at these racists look at these racists complaining about people coming over the border the second the second they started to send them to places like new york chicago dc we can't handle all of these migrants now if somebody in el paso said that you'd call them a racist right yep and they've been saying this for decades i've seen uh african americans people of color in chicago my home city i've seen videos of them screaming at their aldermen yeah. their elected city councilmen saying where the hell are you getting all this money for these immigrants when I've we've been we've been wait, wanting you to do something for us for years you've done shit for us and now all of a sudden you pull money out of your ass to help these people who aren't even citizens here you motherfuckers and they've got a case they've got a hundred percent good case and it just goes to show you that 
uh, the people, again, the billionaire class that is running this country wants chaos. They want that. Right. They want you right. pitted against immigrants. They want immigrants pitted against people of color. They want workers against workers. They want you to think your enemy is your neighbor and not the enemy that is creating the conditions that make those migrants desperate enough to come here. And then second enough that uh, th- that are the oligarchs that keep the border open. I just that's a, a long clip, but I want to start with the whole uh, New York situation, right? Uh, and what was the name of the guy who was speaking? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, Russ Dobular, I think. Okay, so Russ, uh, he's talking about um, how budget cuts, right? Like this is happening in a lot of cities. You know, there's budget, quote unquote, deficits. Um, you know, San Francisco also announced a 10% budget cut that uh, was uh, ordered by uh, London Breed. Who happens to almost make four hundred thousand dollars? You know, she's the the top paid mayor in, in in the country, or at least the San Francisco mayor was some years ago. And I wouldn't be surprised if they still are. So again, she's she's proposing a ten percent uh, budget cut. And again, but, so but Russ is saying that immigrants. I don't know if he believes that, or I don't know if he's saying that's the argument, but. Uh, that these budget cuts are due to the, 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 the influx of immigrants. And uh, again, I'm talking from my experience from what I know. <laughs> you know, we've, we've had a bunch of re- you know, people seeking refuge in San Francisco when I was there organizing, helping that specific community. Because again, borders do not abandon them. You know, getting housing, getting a job, going to school, uh, all these things are really hard, you know. Um, because they're not allowed to do so. So they're allowed to to exist here without having access to the basic necessities of life, you know, and it's nearly impossible. They live in squalid conditions. And the city actually did that. I don't know New York, but my guess is that Russ is overstating how much immigrants are taking resources, right? Because that is the beef, and I think that's often uh, what gets... uh, um highlighted right like that immigrants are taking something immigrants are not taking shit like if anything we're talking about crumbs like we're really like we're talking about uh we're not talking about ukraine right money that's going there or not even there really like transferring to the weapons manufacturing people here or the investors in this in these companies um we're not talking about uh the black you know the the military budget that just got approved Right, we're not talking about the salary of the major of San Francisco. You know, we're talking about immigrants who might get housing that is temporary. If 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 some refugee gets access to a program, it's temporary. You know, it's not a permanent thing. And then Russ goes on to uh, equate the lack of housing for veterans, people who got tricked into going to fight and steal and rob and rape. You know, in the name of liberty, but in reality, they're you know in democracy quote-unquote, protecting our country, they got fucked up in the head. Because my guess is if you're a veteran who needs housing, it's because you're fucked up, you know, in some way. You know, and you were left out of the cracks. You know, and, and you, the, the government you fought for is not fucking taking care of you. And it's not immigrants taking that shit. You know, it's not immigrants. And again, this is where the, that pinning that they're talking about, which is ironic, right? Like, they're talking about how immigrants get pinned against other people. But they're adopting these same analogy, these same arguments that are absurd. You know, the conversation shouldn't be about these crimes. It should be about, you know, 
why are we still giving Israel so much, you know, money? Why are we still, you know, where is our tax money, you know, going? Why are we getting taxed so much, you know? What, why do I have to keep continue to 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 give my hard-earned money? You know, why do I get taxed on the money that I earn? That when then I get taxed on what I buy? You know, that it, and, and on and on and on and on. You know, and so again, the, the, there's some misplaced uh, anger, and and this argument is, is is really short. It falls super short. You know, like veterans are not on the streets because immigrants are here. You know, veterans are on the streets because they're just replaceable. You know, they don't give a shit about them. You know, like there are people that, that were just used as, as pawns and cannon fodder, you know, and, and put in a meat grinder, you know, and, and brainwash, you know, some of them. <laughs> so uh, there's some believers, but whatever. The point is that I think that's an irresponsible thing to do in a way where I hope that they can see that, you know, their argument is not logical, really, to me. Yeah, I mean, I would agree that the idea that the same empire that fucked up its own so-called own citizens through the war, and there's so much homelessness among um, a major part of the homeless population are veterans um, of these of, of wars of empire, are their victims of, of this empire, of the state. Of the U.S. state, and they also talk about this: how many of the people who are migrating from those countries of Ecuador and Guatemala and Venezuela are themselves victim of that same empire. So the soldier that's sent to kill those people over there are victims of this empire, and then the people who actually countries are destroyed and economies are destroyed by that same empire are also victims of this empire. And to and to think that the I think they're just misidentifying the they're misidentifying the problem. They're falling and it's it is strange because it's it's literally in the very same sentence they say immigrants are being divided we're immigrants are being divided against native workers and and things like that and yet they do that. They engage in that that actual division and and let off the off the hook the 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 built-in austerity. Like this austerity that states are finding themselves in that Cities are finding themselves. That's not an accident. That's been that's been built in. It's built in to let to allow corporations to come in, and it's built in in the same way that structural adjustments are used in South America to force uh, to force money to go into Western banks, so that and then to build to build austerity in those countries to then allow a cheap labor force. That that we our cities are being structurally adjusted in the same in the same way. So this is part of a policy. Of built-in poverty and, and increased impoverishment. Now, I want to be clear. I no longer, and I, I think I used to believe we would fight to have the state, you know, get some part of those state coffers. I don't believe that anymore. Like I'm not interested in a in a rebuilt state that can pay that can pay uh you know pay for workers what they what they need or immigrants what they need. I don't believe in that. I think we need a revolution to get anything that's like justice. So I don't bother with that. But in that logic, that the people who are playing us and playing immigrants and playing native workers, it's not immigrants making this problem um, it, at all. They're, it's it is literally fighting over the crumps, um, and and that's kind of what they're engaging in. And secondly, I mean, again, I'd have to go back to some of these numbers, but I remember seeing some things in California that basically because immigrants, illegal immigrants, well, paid sales tax on everything, 
they they actually the, the belief was that actually they paid way more into the system as a group than they took out of it in terms of ensemble. Um, and this idea of the of the immigrant who's just getting over on people is the same thing as what Reagan was talking about when they said of the welfare queen who's getting over on people and like all these people on welfare getting over. It's the same. It is the same lie that is used to justify the the state allowing people to become more and more in misery um, uh, and, and more and more poor. Um, uh, and then using this divide to, to deflect from who's really responsible. Um, what, the area I do agree with him on is the hypocrisy of liberals. Liberals aren't for open borders. And at the same time, they're going to accuse Democrat or Republicans of racism when they themselves have the very same racism. Like, I, not, I don't know if I would say racism fuels the, the desire of either conservatives to have when they say they want to build a wall or when liberals say, well, we want, to, we want an orderly queue allowing the state to control that. I do believe racism plays a role in all this because the idea that, you know, the idea that 300 people crossing under a, a gate can be some sort of giant like invasion. I, you know, race features into that, or some notion of of a of a of a of a different kind of people who are coming in a different kind of culture, and they're going to take our culture. I believe that kind of idea animates some of the thoughts of these of the people who are on the show. Would I call that racism? Maybe I don't know. I, I would just say it's a it's a kind of I think nativism is another term for that, but it's just I would I would just say it's not internationalism. And the the thing that he is, the thing I agree with that Ru the Russell guy is, is is liberals are, are hypocrites, um, and they will accuse other people of racism. And then when and they do have a very shallow critique of this because they're not for open borders. I think I think we can talk about our differences with Jimmy Dore and Keaton and Russell without even using the word racism because I don't think. Their views are animated by racism. I think their views are inconsistent. And I believe they've spoken as not wanting to strengthen the state. But unfortunately, they're taking a position that is going to do exactly that and weaken the, 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 the prospects for workers. Um, and I guess the, the last thing I would say is, the, is that the, all the examples Jimmy Dore cites are literally examples that show just how useful these policies are in dividing various oppressed groups, particularly the fact that he mentioned blacks in Chicago who were howling at state at 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 um at their politicians who were elected to do something about these immigrants. Like literally that's that that's a that's a case study in divide and rule. Although I think Jimmy Dore would acknowledge that. It's just unfortunately I think he's literally coming up with a conclusion that will only make that division bigger. Eduardo? I, I, both have said, both have covered it really well. I mean, that was my clip too. Um, I'll just say it's the economic system, as you both have alluded to. It's not, you know, there should be housing for all, not just housing for immigrants. There should be housing for people who are living here already. And everyone should be having an equal piece. I mean, that's how we should think of this. Everyone should be supporting this. I don't think that money should be allocated to one group or another, as it as we are as, as people are saying, or as people are being um, uh, tricked to believe. I just think that we should all be 
they, 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 everyone should have those resources. Yeah. And, and, you know, just think back to our episode of the census. This is one. Of, this is another reason. Why <laughs> the census, you know, like. Yeah. <laughs> and just wanted to comment on you know because they brought up identity politics, right? And, and I think they're trying to wrestle, you know, like we are. I think uh, about identity politics, and and they have like a a healthy. Uh, what do you call uh, suspicion of, 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 but I don't think it's of identity politics because I mean th that what that does is like that simplifies and polarizes any arguments when you call anybody a racist and and and, and sadly among the liberal circles that that I was around you know whether it would be like a, a small business person who was you know woke. Uh, a community organizer who was woke, uh, you know, they, they all share this, you know, simplification of, oh, those fucking racists, you know, when they, they themselves are engaging in a lot of racist shit. Like, I saw that working in the restaurant industry, you know, this automatic implication that immigrants can, you know, are worth less than, than a native worker, regardless of what the, their ability to work. You know, like, and don't tell me that's fucking that racist. You know, like they're calling someone at the border who's seen a bunch of people crossing, you know, like just simply racist when, you know, like, I think uh, Russ makes that argument later, but, you know, like, you know, it's, it can be understandable, right? Like it's shocking to, to certain people, uh, you know, and, and that is again, captured by the, the, the Republicans, right? And made into this fucking game of, of, of tossing immigrants to each other, you know, in order to to add fuel to this fucking binary, you know, and like, oh, you deal with it, you deal with it, you know, and and then the people who feel attacked in some way, you know, like at borders maybe, but uh, see, you know, the Trump-like people, right, speaking and showing up for them when everyone else, you know, is talking shit. You're racist. You fucking racist. When again, uh, I think they talk about it in the show, but or somewhere else, whatever. The point is that most, the number, the biggest number of poor people in America is white. It's not black. In proportions, we could talk about different things. But again, fucking statistics, right? You can show anything you want. But the biggest number of poor people in America is white. And what do liberals have for them? Fuck you. You fucking racist. So where the fuck are they going to go? This is, you know, something, there is no political space for them. There is not even a conversation for them. There is only contempt. There is the attitude of Hillary Clinton, right? Calling them deplorables, you know, you know, in you know, in and it's, it's it's crazy because you know then you get so-called radicals like fucking uh, what was that dude uh, John Stewart, right? Licking and, and Jimmy Dort talks about that he calls it a, a tongue bath, you know, that he gave to <laughs> Hillary Clinton and Condoleezza Rice, right? Two powerful women, a black and a white woman. You know, fucking, you know, Secretary of State, ambassadors of fucking death, right? Uh, and, and again, but he is the, the woke, the reasonable, you know, the, the, the civil, you know, the, that's the other thing, right? Like, that is um, implicit in identity politics and, and using that rhetoric that, that you're educated, that you're civilized, that, you know, you, that you're progressive, you know, and everyone else who does not speak this fucking language it's a backwards, racist piece of shit, deplorable. And, and so I agree that, you know, they're trying, do we have to account for that? And, you know, and this is why, right, like uh, a lot of people on the left or whatever liberals, 
they are unable to understand why someone like Trump was able to, you know, have the appeal that he does. And he's still fucking there, right? Like, regardless, you know, because again, when you've been, when you're getting screwed up just like everyone else, but you have no, 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 no politically, so much about representation, right? There's no one speaking on your behalf. But there's someone who maybe says some shit that, you know, is outlandish, but it's different, you know. Oh, this guy, you know, makes more sense. You know, like this guy is, is not speaking in a condescending tone to me. This, not, this guy is not thinking that I'm stupid. You know, this guy might be for me or at the very least break this shit up. You know, and, and, and so that's what I read. But it's impossible, right? That This is where we get Russiagate, you know. And, and, and every fucking educated person that I talked to was unable to even have a conversation about that. You know, and, and, and so on and so on and COVID vaccine and, and any topic, really. And so I do see this effort, right, in Russell and, and these people having this conversation that identity policy is a massive issue that contributes to this dynamic that we have going on. Yeah. Let me go to this. I think this will be our last clip. And I hope this will. I'm hoping this is the one I can do because that I think it'll start to speak to what I hope are some solutions um, other than building walls. Wages because there's been strikes. There's been lots of wildcat strikes. There's been a union that got formed on Staten Island at Amazon. They don't want that shit happening. Right. We just had a union win for the UAW. They can't, they can't have this. They can't abide by this. And so that's why that border is wide open. And if you don't think that's why the border is wide open, you're a chump and a sucker of the billionaire class. And you're being manipulated by professional managerial class language of racism. And you're mean to immigrants. The meanest thing uh, to immigrants is that the United States policy creates these people who are desperate yes. enough to come here, right? So maybe if we stopped overthrowing their fucking governments and we stopped uh, in implementing the drug war, uh, maybe they wouldn't want to come here and they wouldn't be so desperate in the first place. By the way, uh, NAFTA cut the legs out from underneath uh, rural farmers in Mexico. Uh, and turned it over to big agribusiness, right? So it's these are the policies of the billionaire class that is creating this crisis. And then, of course, the, you, you turn on uh, you turn on your neighbor, you turn on someone lower on the economic ladder than you, like an immigrant, right? Um, because I think he brought up UAW, um, and I think what you heard in that are a lot of things we would agree with in terms of the divide and rule. Those are the things. Um, but th he brought up UAW, and he brought up. He brought up the fact that these workers are being brought in to scuttle a labor movement that might be might be developing. Um, he's right. That's what the capitalists will do. That's why the border exists. If labor gets its act together, which I still believe that labor movement is in a desperate condition, and I think I don't I, I will not even know if I would call the UAW thing a victory in the way that people are talking about it, because I think it it agreed to several concessions that I think are going to allow the the continued automation of that industry that are going to that are going to ruin auto workers in the long run. Um, and in saying that, I want to say two things. First off, when we talk about workers losing jobs in this country, it's not immigrants taking your job. Most of the jobs we talk about are being taken by robots. Most of them are being taken by automation. And that's all about data collection. That's all about technology. That's all about continuing to support cap the capitalist efficiency process. Um, when you talk about losses of workers at, the, uh, at work in the, do in the docks and all major manufacturing, 
you're just talking about when you talk about the, the job losses in those vast the vast majority of job losses are not because an illegal immigrant came in and took that person's job those jobs are decimated because of automation and because of technology and then the few workers who are there they got to work harder and then the other people lose jobs and they have to find something else something smaller scale put together various part-time gig things and that's and that's even more on the horizon when you when you look at these robots being built that are going to be replacing Amazon workers in in places and already you can see robots swimming around all over Amazon uh, warehouses um, and it's going to be part of the process that they're going to replace teachers so if you were worried about somebody taking your job you wouldn't worry about an immigrant you would worry about technology you would worry about the digital world you would worry about AI and you would be stopping it that's the, that is the future that is going to dis, dis, that is going to dismantle the world for all of us it is literally not an immigrant to think that an immigrant is taking your job is literally missing the point but if you did have immigrants being brought to take in your take down your union, there's a long history of those sorts of things being done, of Irish workers being brought in or black workers being brought in. The 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 answer to that, we've already have the answer to that. You're supposed to you unionize those folks, you organize with them. The, the labor movement in this country was built by immigrants, was made by immigrants. In fact, part of the anti-immigrant laws were to attack the people who were organizing those initial labor movements. If you go back to the Haymarket Martyrs and the Haymarket uh, riots. Most of those people were immigrants. And so this labor movement was built by immigrants. It will continue to be fed with immigrants, fed with immigrants who want to fight for a, a different kind of world, just like native workers do. The answer to how you fight bosses using other workers trying to take your thing apart is to meet those other workers, greet those other workers, and organize those other workers. That's it. If you try to find an answer, that means keep those folks out while I keep mine, then your boss is strengthened. There's no way that, that you can't find an answer that way that does not strengthen your boss or weaken you. Because for the working class, there's only one answer, which is we must come together across national boundaries that exist, ultimately take down those national boundaries, remove them, um, and just have a world run by an international working class who who are free to move anywhere they damn well please. Um, so I think I wanted to bring that up for that reason, because his mention of the UAW, and I, I'm not sure that's the right clip, but I think at least it highlights how much they get right and yet come to, some, in my opinion, such desperately wrong conclusions. You know, um, so right now I work in a, uh, in an industrial setting. <laughs> it's a poultry uh processing plant and you know this is my first job in industrial setting uh and you know firsthand uh that's why i think about this statement right the immigrants are taking someone's job and you know that is to me from my vantage point an absurdity right it, it, you know in because uh russ in some point he makes a very fucking weird argument where he talks about uh, uh students uh, Workers with student visas taking his job, his former job, and that's what he bases his analysis of uh, immigrants taking a job. And, and you know, by default, the student with, with a student, uh, you know, a worker with a student visa is not an undocumented worker. You know, and so. But my point is that so I work in a poultry uh, processing plant. Uh, the, the the plant had difficulty. It has have difficulty getting workers because it's a big plant. So they're regulated by, you know, 
you have to have legal, you know, workers, quote unquote legal. So we have difficulty filling positions. What did they do? The most difficult position that to fill is the the sanitation, the, the ones who clean the plant, you know, at night, you know, like the work, uh, you know, from midnight to like 8 a.m., you know, like the graveyard shift. What did they do? They outsource, you know, so no, it's no longer done by the company, but it, it was outsourced to, you know, a contractor who hires, you know, undocumented immigrants from Honduras, Guatemala, you know, in order to fill this position, you know, it, it, because otherwise they couldn't fill it up. You know, so there are shitty jobs out there. <laughs> you know, there there are shitty jobs, you know, it, it, and so immigrants are an integral part of the capitalist economy. You know, and, and they didn't, they know it and they play all these games while, you know, advancing this rhetoric that someone is taking your job. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, there is, you know, that some jobs went to Mexico, for example, or, or blah, blah, blah. But again, it, it's not that the, the immigrant doesn't come with that intention to take your job. They just want to work. And it is, you know, the, the capitalist who decides, you know, how do we use these people? You know, how do we, you know, put them in the system? So they're accounted for it. You know, that's my point. It's, it's not an accidental thing. And, and, and we have to have that in mind. And like you said, Libson, I think that's important. Like our job is is to welcome those those workers and tell them don't get cheated by these fuckers, you know. Because if you get cheated, we all get cheated, you know. And, and we're part of the same team, not because you know we'll forget about you just because you know you're doing the cheated job or, you know, because in the long run everyone gets fucked. I mean, we're in the time of elections. This is going to, always going to be used. Who is the boogie person? So to gather support from a certain class of people, you're going to cater to or going to say things that make uh, or deflect the system that we live in, the capitalist system that we have, and to ignite and to provoke working class folk, in this case, US American, poor US Americans that feel that the system has been unfair to them, but they don't know, or maybe are just, no, they're just tricked excuse me, just tricked to believe that over there, what's happening over there, it's it's the COVID or it's the immigrants or they're the ones taking your job away, you know, and it, it's it's the blacks with their um, with their drug use over there, you know, even though opioids are prevailing a lot within very conservative states and mostly white people, you know, it's like, so it's not, it's not drug use or you know, so it's always trying to deflect and find the boogie person of who is taking away or your right to live the American dream. And so in, in this in, in, in this country, right? Like so I when I see this, this I hope people can really hear the the way that uh pe the 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 way that during these elections people are trying to uh, um that Politicians try to manipulate and to sway people one way or another. So I, whether elections mean anything and your vote means anything, it's the grouping and the separation of workers against others, right? That's what I see here. Um, and I hope people are aware of that now. So that's my, my comment to that. 
because this is an old trick in the, in, um, the politician's book. Just, just wanted to add, you know, that this trick worked on people that, you know, we thought, right, like had it, or pretty close to what we think, but the trick is working on them, right? Just like uh, we talked about this, right? Like the people who we thought were about freedom in, in you know, in anti-capitalist are suddenly being trapped into you know the apparatus and supporting the apparatus that we're supposed to be fighting and again like it, it just shows that and it's an ongoing battle right and like and that anyone can be fooled you know like i'm not saying they're stupid or they're bad people right like um and this is why we talk about this right this is what we have to be honest and true and like no like i don't fucking agree with that shit and and instead of just cancel each other out and i, I hope that you know somehow <laughs> they're able to, to you know, recapacitate and rethink shit because I don't think this is just a, a Jimmy Dore or Russell or the other guy thing because I've been seeing that process happening in liberal cities, like of anti-immigrant, like, you know, like, oh shit, this is where we're going right now. You know, and, and you know, in, in that process is not unrelated to, the shit that we were fighting during COVID, right? The the the, the tracking, the geofencing, that you know you you're supposed to be, you supposed to be there. And again, that story of the people that I, I've encountered, you know, looking for refuge in in San Francisco, in the Bay Area, it, it, it it's not a story. That's why I don't talk about just moralizing about someone else. This is a story that is coming close to home because we're talking about geofencing of everyone and deciding whether you belong somewhere where you're allowed to do something or you're not. You know, in, in, in a world where, I, you know, there, I invite people to read Fabio Vigi. You know, there is more articles that he's produced. Uh, the, 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 you know, the capitalist economy is going through a transition and he has to have these safety measures to protect the system in place, you know, uh, to deal with the emisceration that is gonna come in. in the, Again, fucking AI just came into the picture, right? For the masses, and and we don't yet know the the depths of disruption that that's gonna cause. And you think you're a fucking professional? You think your intellectual labor is gonna fucking save you? I would I would invite you to think about it. Yeah, and what I've appreciated about Jimmy Dore and people like Kim Iverson is I've seen them become more radical in the last few years. I've seen them, you know, embrace the conspiracy theories that my, I rejected myself many years ago, and they are now coming to look at 9-11 and COVID is, and things maybe haven't come to the full conclusions that I have, but they're moving in that direction. Um, and I do think uh, that, they, that Jimmy Dore has said we need a revolution. You can't have, in my opinion, we will not have a revolution and keep borders. We will not have a revolution and allow the state to continue to tell workers where they can go. And that's what borders are really about. Um, those borders, there will need to be open borders, not the bullshit liberal open borders. They're not open borders, like Eduardo said, but the end to national borders for workers. Um, and in the same way that capitalists have in the past, although they're not going to do that as much now because we're seeing them competition more, allowed the free flow of capital across those borders, but not allowed workers to do it, 
Um, no, working class revolution means workers can move anywhere they damn well please, anywhere. And that's 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 a revolutionary world that I think Jimmy Dore I would think would want. You're not going to get there by calling for borders, and 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 you're not going to get to police those borders. Those borders are going to be policed by the state, and they're going to be armed by the state, and they're going to be they're going to be technologically supported by the state, and and all that technology they use at the border is going to be used at home, and on native workers. Um, and uh, I think that I'm also thinking this is where, and I don't know if this is a chicken or egg thing. I do see again. This is where RFK Jr.'s positions and his his running has has weakened weakened our side. <laughs> you know, we are falling again for politics of division. I mean, the guy is good on some things, I suppose, but man, his running I think has really created a lot of confusion for people on some political questions. Um, and I know Jimmy Dore can't stand his RFK Jr.'s position on Israel and Palestine, but I think he's kind of falling for it here on the on the border stuff but but again and, and that's the funny part because his position on palace and is, is is an indication of his position of managing people you know and, and again and an rfk you know to me represents this binary really reform or revolution he's not a fucking revolutionary yeah you know and so falling behind some fucking messiah you know, goddamn it! I thought we learned it with Bernie Sanders, right? And, and Obama, and you know, and other people, and and so here we are again, right? Like at the outside of the maze again. Yeah. I'm glad you're part of RFK Jr. Um, yeah. And uh, speaking of AI, and also what we wish we would have is like I, you know, Florida for some for my friend Jake who thinks that Florida is a free state. Uh, you know, they launched, they're one of the very first people, first states, excuse me, to launch the smart IVs. Mm. And that's to replace driver licenses. So that's the future we're heading into. So when we speak about open borders, when we speak about um, the freedom of movement, you know, speaking about it for all of us, right? Like, yeah. not just, um, you, know, you know, in the area of immigration, it goes right. beyond that. Yeah. So yeah. anyhow. All right. Well, I think this is a good place for us to uh, wrap up, and 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 I appreciate this conversation with you both. Thank you for sharing the Jimmy Dore episode. Uh, I'm not a um, uh, I'm not a consistent listener, but I appreciate anything that is being sent to me. I'll listen to it as I'm doing chores <laughs> and you know getting updated. Right. Uh, well, oh, that does. And Eduardo, I want to say I should have said it earlier. I'm just glad to have you back. It, it's nice. It's always nice to see you return to our episodes because it just, it makes everything feel more like home again. So um, <laughs> I know that you're going to be still mostly here, but sometimes out, but I, yeah. I, I, I look forward to the day where I can know every week you're going to be here. Cause I, I definitely. <laughs> Thank you. I, I look forward to being on what's left when I can with both of you. And I know that uh, it's always a, uh, a challenge here because I don't know my week always changes and I'm working here. So, yep. uh, all right. So, um, yeah, I, I think I, I'm not sure I, uh, when I'll be back from Colombia, but I've been here since October and I'm spending the winter here, uh, and then the festivities. So we'll see what happens. I'm a little homesick. I wish during this time I'd usually go back to 
my home country, Mexico. So, but I'm here in Colombia for the moment. That does it for this week's episode. What's Left is a weekly political podca- podcast slash channel challenging the mainstream left. We post information about our topics and our guests on the episode notes. Wherever you found this episode or on our blog at whatsleftpodcast.com, you can find that past uh, you can find past episodes to this podcast slash channel there and connect with us. All right, main folks, if you fancy anything you've heard here, please subscribe, rate, view, turn on your notifications to any of our platforms on Spotify, iTunes Podcast, Google Play, BitChute, Odyssey, YouTube, Rumble, or Telegram. You can find our blog and any of those links in the episode notes where you found this episode. <laughs> Excuse me. If you would like to give us feedback about something you've heard or suggest something for us to cover, contact us through our blog and 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 we'll respond to you mostly. Andy will. Thank you so much for doing that, Andy. <laughs> I'm Eduardo Barca with co-host uh, Kenny Cepeda and Andy Lipson, and we look forward to having you on and tune in next time. Ciao.